make sure that's showing. And it's Tuesday. Uh, hopefully, practically, we are live. I'm so glad to be back with y'all since it's Tuesday. It feels like it's been forever. Uh, forever? Forever, ever. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's go to the page. For everybody that's tuning in, that's starting to tune in, um, go ahead, like and share. Like and share. Come like. on in. It's Counseling Let's see. Tuesday. Uh, there we go. We are live. Let's see. Uh, start a watch party. Counseling Tip Tuesday. We'll, we'll type that in right there. You happy to be back? I am. I am. Although we were gone for an awesome reason. Oh, when I tell you that 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 conference. Oh my God. Ah, uh, well, oh my God about it. <laughs> in the words of God, Kingston. Really oh my God. Show, really showed out in a major way. I, 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 after it was all said and done, I was like, wow. I'm so grateful that God used me to be a part and to make so much that happen. Okay. It was beyond my expectation. It was beyond your expectation? I don't know about you. Uh, yeah, God always seemed to supersede my expectations, and that's exactly what he did. Um, that's exactly what he did this time. He superseded my expectations um, in every way possible. All right, it's public. There we go. Counseling Tip Tuesday. I'm just trying to make sure we get this uploaded. Go ahead. Like, share, like, and share. Uh, we got a good subject to talk about coming back, too. How to respond when your spouse has disappointed you. How to respond. I'm going to put that on there. When your spouse has disappointed you. That's good. Yeah. Uh, because you go through disappointments. You go through disappointments. So, let's see. We, we, got, we got some people that are tuned in. That are... That are, that are Let's see. Let me turn this down. All right. We got uh, uh, Alvin, Johnny, Johnny Taylor. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, brother, for uh, for tuning in. We appreciate you, brother. Amen. Glory to God. We also got Alvin. Glory to God. Alvin is tuned in. Amen. My man, Alvin. Let's see. Right. See, I can't see everything. I can't see everything. Oh, there you go. There you go. Amen. Homer Charles. Homer Charles is watching. Amen. Glory to God. Courtney Odds. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right. Glory to God. Uh, Canetta Morgan. Amen. Glory to God. Thank Glory you for God. tuning in. Go ahead. Like and share the video. Like and share the video. We have a great subject to talk about today. But like you were saying, you were, uh, while we're waiting on everybody to come in, we were saying that the council, I mean, that the uh, the conference was amazing. The conference was amazing. It was an awesome, awesome conference. I mean, the testimonies that we've gotten from people mm -hmm. that were saying that how it um, transformed some things in their lives. Not just relationships, though. No. No, we got testimonies of people launching businesses and stuff yes. from something they got off the con out of the conference and everything. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you missed that Culture Shift 2019, that Culture Shift 19 uh, relationship conference, oh my God, you missed something great, but don't worry. If you are um, in, in, in areas that are not in the Metro Baton Rouge area, then we may have a, uh, a conference tour that is coming your way yes. that would be uh, something that you could join in, you could participate in, 
Um, we have locations such as Vidalia, Louisiana. We have locations such as the entire West Baton Rouge, Iberville Parish, mm -hmm. um, over Plaquemine, White Castle, Bayou Gula, Monroe, Shreveport. Yes. Um, I mean, Dallas, Fort Worth. We, we, we got all kinds of places that are going to be on that tour list. And um, it will be a great opportunity for you to tune in or for you to support um, as much as possible. So we got some good things as well. Uh, mm, let's see. Let's see. All right. That's, there we go. All right. We got, we got a lot of people that are tuning in now. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to get started with this. This is a great opportunity, guys. Uh, I mean, I don't want to hide the comments and the reaction. I want to include everybody. Today, we want to talk about a subject uh, that's a very, very important subject. How to respond when your spouse has disappointed you. Wow. How to respond. You, I, that sounds juicy. That sounds juicy? Mm -hmm. that sound, I disappointed you? Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you disappoint your spouse at times. And, and you, one of the reasons that you disappoint your spouse is because you, you're not for sure exactly what are the expectations of your spouse. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those expectations are held in on the inside. Right. And um, you, you kind of let your spouse down in some areas. You disappoint your spouse in some areas. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I believe, not I believe, I know for a fact that every single relationship goes through disappointment. Every single relationship go through disappointment. If you're tuned in today, share the video. Make sure you share it. Um, tell other people to watch it. Tell other others to tune in. Like, comment, share. We need your um, we need your feedback on this. Amen. Glory to God. And we, what we want to talk about is because if you're in this situation where your spouse has disappointed you, um, there's no way you can escape disappointment in a relationship. You're gonna be disappointed at some point. You're going to be disappointed in some kind of way in your relationship, in your relationship. Um, but there's a certain way that you have to respond to that. Okay. You got to respond the right way. And that's what we want to focus on. We don't want to focus so much on the disappointment itself. I think we want to focus more on how to respond. Wow. Um, the right way from the disappointment. There's a certain way you should respond. Okay. Um, what, are, what are some of the things that hit your mind? I mean, I guess one of the first times that I disappointed you, um, what are some of the things that hit your mind? Uh, you want me to think back to the first time? I mean, well, I mean, you, you, you have high expectations, and then next thing you know, you get with the person, and you're disappointed in some kind of way. It can be something small. It can be me not picking up something behind myself or me uh, not responding a certain way or anything like that. What are some of the thoughts that come to mind in the beginning that when uh, you were disappointed? I can, I can honestly say in the beginning, you really didn't disappoint me in the beginning. Um, as we uh, progressed. In the middle, I disappointed you. <laughs> in the yeah, end, I disappointed as, you. As, as we have progressed on um, some things that... Um, uh, some I guess it would be responses. Some things that, um, some ways that you responded to me, or some expectations I had of you to respond to me, or some ways that I maybe thought you felt, and then to find out you felt differently. That that type of disappointment. Those are the type of disappointments that I had. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I, I think some of the disappointments that I might have had might have been unspoken expectations that I had towards you, and when um, when these things happen. Um, Disappointment has has the ability to make you question whether or not you made a good decision about your relationship. Mm -hmm. That 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 ever happened to you? Yeah, I made a good decision. Yeah, did you that that it tried to make you question that? Yeah, 
Yeah, but like, okay, yeah, did I make a good decision or what was your part in it? That's what I always reflect back. What is your part in this? Did you expect too much or did you maybe overstep and you you thought, like I said, going back to, you thought that something was this way, but the other person <coughs> may not have thought that and you just took it upon yourself to give them an opinion rather than to actually hear from them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, every relationship, if you're listening to us today, every single relationship go through disappointment if they're together any length of time. Mm -hmm. And I think for early marriages that when they get started, one of the things that kind of pick them up, um, it, that, that kind of stop them from, uh, or an eye opener, causing them to awaken is disappointment early on. That when they they have an expectation towards something and when that expecta expectation goes unmet, they're disappointed and it begins to shake the relationship a little bit with disappointment. Well, I, I want to tell you that different levels of disappointment. We don't want to focus on the different kinds of disappointment. We want to actually focus on today how to respond uh, to those disappointments. How am I supposed to respond to disappointment in my relationship? Since I know disappointment is going to happen in the relationship at some point, something as small uh, um, as um, um, uh, cooking the food, something as large as rubbing your feet. I mean, I mean, I mean, whatever it is, it is going to be, or something as large as handling the kids the right way, things of that nature, putting your job before your relationship. I mean, that's a disappointment, things like that. So when, we want to focus on how to respond. How should I respond from this? I mean, when disappointment takes place in the relationship, how should I respond to disappointment in the relationship? And there are five simple steps that we're going to talk about that we believe is going to be able to help you and bless you when dealing with disappointment in your relationship. So I guess we'll go ahead and jump in. Okay. We'll jump in. The first thing that, um, that you want to do, and I'm going to let you get started with that. Go ahead. Okay, number one says don't go underground and withdraw. Don't go underground and withdraw. That's the first step to dealing with disappointment. If you're going to respond to disappointment, you have to refuse to go underground. And what we mean by underground, we mean withdrawing from the relationship, just pulling back, separating yourself from everything and everybody um, because of that disappointment. One of the first things you want to do when you're disappointed is to distance yourself. You got to fight that. Yeah. You have to fight that. I'm not talking about a cool down moment. A cool down moment is cool. Mm -hmm. You need a moment to cool down and to gather yourself and to get yourself together. But um, disappointment uh, hits every relationship. And when it hits, you can't withdraw. You got to fight that feeling of withdrawing. So, um, you know, that's very, that's very good. But for someone who internalizes everything, you may not even realize that you've withdrawn yourself. But because of disappointment, it triggers something in you. And then you start to, you may start to reevaluate like you said, reevaluate your relationship, reevaluate your life, your choices, whatever. And that process of doing that, you have to be careful that while you're doing that, that you're not making your spouse feel like you have deserted them or withdrawn from them. It may not be your intention to withdraw in a relationship, but just the fact that you internalize everything could make someone else or make your spouse look at it as, okay, you're not talking to me anymore. You're distant. You're not present. We, we're doing things, but you always seem like you're so far away. And, and that's what we're talking about with withdrawing. Yeah, we're talking about withdrawing and that aspect of it, that many times you struggle in that area of uh, withdrawal um, because you're disappointed and you try to just remove yourself because you're so hurt. You get hurt in those situations. And when you're hurt 
or disappointed, whether it's small hurt or large hurt. You, some have a tendency to withdraw and pull themselves away, and that's a problem. That, that's a problem. You can't do that. Uh, God promises something in Hebrews 13 and 5. He says, um, he says this is a promise from God to his, to his bride, from Christ to his bride. And it says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what God promised. And that's an important promise. That's dealing with disappointment as well. That's not just dealing with challenges in life and when you get find yourself in the face of a lion's den you know, a fiery furnace or a giant named Goliath. That is talking about when you let that person down as well, that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right. And, and that term leave you, actually what it means, it means that I will always be with you physically. You can count on me that regardless of how hurt I am or disappointed I am, I will physically be here. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to go off and leave. And that's how you respond to disappointment. I will never leave you. You just say, okay, I'm, I'm going to be here. I'm, I'm going to be here. The next part is I will never forsake you. I will never forsake you. And forsake is different from leave. Leave means to physically be there. Forsake means to emotionally that I never forsake you means that I will emotionally be there. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying when you say that I'll never leave you, and I'm going to say this publicly to you, that we're saying to everybody else, that I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will physically be here, and I will emotionally be here as well. That's how you respond to disappointment right there. Refuse to go underground. Mm -hmm. Refuse to go underground. And, and that's important because all bad things happen. All bad things happen when you turn your heart away from your spouse. Wow. When you turn your heart away from your spouse, you open yourself up to deception. You open yourself up, up, up to temptations. You open, all bad things happen. There's nothing good that can happen with me turning my heart away from you. Mm -hmm. And by turning your heart, you mean then I, you try to pull back your heart, try to protect your own heart. You say, okay, you, you've been hurt or disappointed. And then you say, okay, you, you take it back. And you say, okay, well, no, I, I, I got to take care of this because it's hurt and, and it's a lot of fear. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this way is what you're saying. I don't want to be made to feel this way. So in order for me not to feel this way, I need to protect my own heart when that's not the design for marriage. Yeah, that's not the design for marriage. Matt, actually, that's a very good point because marriage is designed to be the most vulnerable position you'll ever be in. Marriage is designed. We were having a conversation about that. Was that yesterday? We were talking about that. The day before yeah, we were in a counseling session. We were talking okay. about marriage is designed to be the most vulnerable thing you'll ever be in. I mean, talk about that a little bit. And, and it's very challenging because especially when you've been been hurt before or let down, um, it's, it's, it's almost the most scariest thing in the world to say, okay, now I have to open myself up again and I have to be vulnerable again and trust that my heart won't get hurt again. Again. Yeah. So th that's what we're talking about when we're talking about turning away from yourself. But um, if you have to be vulnerable for anyone else, anyone in the whole wide world, then it should be yourself. Actually. That should be the person that you can trust the most with your heart. And if something does go wrong or you get disappointed or get hurt, then you, you have to be brave. And you have to stand up to the challenge and to say, you know, and you may not be ready when it initially when it happens, but or you, you have to be willing to say, I was hurt when, or I didn't know that you felt like this when. You have to have that tough conversation. And that, that's the thing about being vulnerable because marriage is designed 
Marriage is not designed for you to defend you or to protect yourself mm -hmm. emotionally, mentally, in a way that you um, um, that you keep your spouse at a distance. Actually, marriage is so vulnerable that I could, you could hurt me. You can take advantage of me. I'm that exposed to you and vice versa. Uh, you're that exposed to me that I can hurt you. I can take advantage of you. I can do those things. And you have to give yourself without trying to protect yourself from that. You have to say, okay, I'm just going to have to trust you with me. And that's, that's marriage being the most vulnerable thing right there. So when you are disappointed, the first thing you have to do, you have to remember, don't go underground. Don't withdraw. Don't withdraw. Sometimes you're disappointed and you want to go in another room and you don't want to talk and everything. And that's fine if you need a cool down moment. But if it's not a cool down moment, I mean, it's not time for you to withdraw yourself and to give yourself to other people, um, especially in conversation. Yeah. It's not time to do that. So let's talk about the next thing. The next thing. How should I respond when my spouse has disappointed me? This is what I should do. The second thing. Number two is don't establish a spirit of fear and dominance. What we mean by that, don't establish a spirit of fear and dominance, is very simple. This is what we mean by that. That this is when you have that attitude that you're going to see it my way. You're going to do it my way. You're going to respond the way that I want you to respond. You're going to act the way I want you to act. You're going to do that or you're going to pay the price. Uh, we had a, we had another session. Uh, I think the, um, the couple, the person in the couple said, I'm going to break you out of that. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't break nobody. You can't. You can't break nobody. Your spouse is not a wild horse that you have to break them. No, you can't. You can't establish um, where there's a spirit of fear in dominance that I am is going to be my way or you're going to pay the price. And another thing, you can't make your spouse pay the price for telling the truth. If your spouse want to have a hard-to-have conversation with you and it's not something that you necessarily want to hear about how they were disappointed in you, you can't make your spouse feel like you're going to pay the price if you, if you don't agree with me, mm -hmm. if, you don't, if you don't see it the way I see it, and you don't do it the way that I want you to do it, then you're going to pay a, pay a penalty for that. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, just the, the word, the terminology in itself, breaking a person. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to break someone or something that you love in a, in a relationship that, that, that doesn't work? That doesn't work at all. Actually, control, control in a relationship is witchcraft. Fear in a relationship it is witchcraft. And what I mean by witchcraft, it is when you try to control the relationship or your spouse mm -hmm. and you, you try to instill fear in your spouse. What it does, it is witchcraft. It is inviting demonic activity to not only be present, but to be active in the relationship. Right. It, it, it is inviting That's demonic activity. Door. And what we, the one thing we do know about Satan is, dog, if you open the door, he's going to come in. You give him an inch, he's going to show off. He's going to take, take, try to take over everything that you have. That's why it's so important to marry the right person as well. Um, you want to marry someone that 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 lives... Um, that the word of God, word of God, is a standard in their life, because that way you know you have boundaries and I have boundaries. That the the main the standard we're always going to go back to the standard, which is the word of God, and the word of God doesn't um have make room for any witchcraft or any control. God doesn't even control us. God God doesn't control us with fear. He doesn't make us do anything. He loves us. He loves us to health, and that's what he does, and that's how we should operate in love. 
Never witchcraft or control. Never witchcraft or control. Never do that. I mean, it. When you do that, when you try to go through witchcraft and control, you you are actually manipulating the relationship. And then when you manipulate the relationship, you're establishing your presence and removing the presence of God out of the relationship. Yeah. So that, that's something you don't want to do. You don't want to establish a spirit, a spirit of fear and dominance. Uh, when your spouse has disappointed you, you want them to be comfortable in a restoration process and, and not make them feel like, okay, now I'm finna pay the price. Now you finna do something to me. You finna do something. You finna make me pay for, I mean, the disappointment. Right. And, and that's what you don't want to do. You don't want to do that. Here's the third thing, um, how, you, how you respond, how to respond to your spouse when your spouse has disappointed you. The third thing you must do is. Follow the steps of the Redeemer. Yeah, I love that one right there. Mm -hmm. Follow the steps of the Redeemer. Now, we're licensed professional Christian therapists, so um, we practice uh, principles, uh, biblical principles, uh, or principles of integration where we have biblical principles and psychological techniques where we integrate the two so we can begin to provide a more healthier individual or more holistic counseling uh, opportunity. And when we say follow the steps of the Redeemer, we know that Jesus is the Redeemer. Yes. He's our Redeemer. So when man sinned, he sinned against God. Mm -hmm. He sinned against God. And, and watch this. So God was the one that was disappointed in this act. He was the one that was hurt in this act. He was the one that was sent. He was the one that was violated in this act. Mm -hmm. And this is what God did. The first thing God did was he sent Jesus. Yes. And Jesus was God's way of coming after us. Wow. That's a good point right there. And what did Jesus do in order to redeem the one that 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 messed up that that disappointed him what did he do he sacrificed mm -hmm. talk about how sacrifice is important in the relationship to the restoration of the person that disappointed um i like the fact that he the, what we look at is that he gave at a time when we expected him to, to withdraw and take from or a human would have Okay, I feel violated. I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to take myself from you. Or I'm going to take things from you. God didn't do that. God did the opposite. He actually gave in that moment. And he gave something that was so valuable. He gave the most valuable thing. He gave his son as a sacrifice. And that was the sacrifice. Giving the most valuable thing. And you have to think about it. What's the most valuable thing to you? Your heart. And your relationship. And, and that's an important point. That you don't take your heart when you you've been or you don't take away your love when you've been disappointed but instead you open up your heart to to your spouse and you say this is how i feel i'm gonna give you the opportunity to see inside me inside my heart rather than just take from you and i'm gonna do it with love i'm gonna give my love as well actually uh when you say that he did that he he sacrificed of his own will though and when you are disappointed you got to follow those steps the first thing you have to do you got to be willing to give the enemy wants you to do this, that when your spouse disappoint you, he wants you to withdraw yourself, make them pay a price for it, and then make you say, well, you don't deserve what I want to give now. Mm -hmm. You don't deserve. So you have to fight that. You have to follow the steps of the Redeemer. And this is what it means to also follow the steps of Redeemer. You must be willing to come after them. God sent Jesus after us. He came after us, we were in bondage. It wasn't him that was in bondage. We were in bondage. And he said that even though you disappointed me, I'm going to come after you. I'm going to come after you. You got to be willing to go after your spouse. And after your spouse, sometimes it's like intercession. 
Sometimes it looks like you're actually praying for your spouse and loving your spouse. And when they disappoint you and you go in there and you fix their favorite meal or something. Or when you when they disappoint you and you take her to go get her nails done or something. When you disappoint you and you go after them with love, some, it changes the dynamics in the house. It changes the atmosphere in the house. It changes the atmosphere in the house. And it has... The presence of God now began to deal with the relationship yes. in a way that you couldn't deal with it in your own might. Yes, you will never be able to deal with the relationship the way that the presence of God will. Yeah, you, you, you would never be able to do that. Another way that it followed the steps of the Redeemer is um, that um, in the Old Testament, they lived under the law where it was I for an eye, two for a two. Mm -hmm. It was um, as what we would call nowadays karma. That if you do this, then you're going to get this penalty. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jesus brought a new law, the law of grace. Yeah. And the reason why it's called the law of grace is that it's, it's, it's supposed to be the rules we live by now. Yeah. So when you begin to live by the law of grace, the law of grace is the decision to remove the desire to see karma. Mm, that's good. The law of grace is the decision to remove your desire to see them get what they gave. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and that, you can't have that in the relationship. I don't want to see you get what you gave. I want to see you restored. I want to see our, our relationship working. And then you replace that desire to see karma. You replace it with treating the person much better than they deserve. That's what grace is. Yeah. Grace is God treating me a whole lot better than I deserve. Mm -hmm. That's what grace is. And that's what you have to do. You have to develop that in the relationship. We talk about grace in our home a lot. Go ahead. We talk. About, we also talk about it in the practice. Um, uh, like when I sit down with young couples, most of the time, and then there's something will happen, and then one person gets upset, and the other person feels like they have to get more upset. And and what we say is, one person has to be fired. I mean, it's when one person is fired, the other person has to be the water. You can't have fire with fire because you, all you do is make a bigger flame. And before you know it, the whole relationship is burned on the, to the ground. On the fire, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and, and the same person is not always, excuse me, it's not always fire and not always water. Sometimes you will be the fire and the, <coughs> your spouse will need to be the water. But that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, that is something to keep in mind that you have to establish that, that, that atmosphere and that attitude of grace. Well, I'm not going to make you pay for it and I'm going to treat you a lot better than you deserve right now. Right. That is life changing right there. That right there by itself. And that requires you to be humble. That you can't do it with pride in the way. No. You can't do it with pride in the way. So you have to swallow your pride. And when it's time to swallow your pride, sometimes it just... It tastes like a a, a a big bowl of of, of a tumbleweed or yeah, you can't. I mean, it tastes like a a, a, a a wheelbarrow full of dirt going down your throat. It just it just. But it gets easier. What you the more you practice it, I can I can say that um, we 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 work very hard to create an atmosphere of grace in this home in this family and. Um, in the beginning, you may think, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't know. I cannot do that. I'm not going to let anybody hurt me. Um, I, no, I, I'm just not about to look stupid. And that's all that is the enemy. That's the enemy trying to get you not to do it because he knows that once you start doing it, it gets easier and you begin to extend grace just automatically. It'll become automatic that you extend grace. And that's what, he doesn't want that. He wants to keep confusion. Satan is the author of confusion. If you have confusion in your relationship, you have confusion in your home, Satan is the author of it. 
get him out of there. He's the author of it, and he's keeping it up over yeah. and over and over yeah. and over, trying his best to tear it down, trying to tear it down. So, so far, what we have that if you're going to respond to your spouse the right way when you are disappointed, I know you would rather a message on, or a lesson or a subject of how to teach my spouse not to disappoint me. <laughs> You're going to have disappointments in a relationship. It's a part of growing together. It's a part of understanding one another. And actually, the disappointments and dealing with them the right way actually strengthen the relationship. Yeah. You, you get stronger because of that. You, you handle this thing together and you begin to trust each other a lot more because of dealing with that. So here, here are the things we went over so far. Number one, don't, don't go on the ground and withdraw. Don't withdraw yourself because you're disappointed. Mm -hmm. Give yourself to your spouse. Number two, don't establish a spirit of fear in dominance. Don't make them have to pay for something that they've done to disappoint you. Don't make them feel like that. Don't make them afraid to ever mess up or make a mistake or anything like that. Number three, follow the steps of the Redeemer. That means you have to sacrifice for the one that disappointed you. You have to give to the one that disappointed you, and you have to establish grace where you don't want to see them get what they deserve. You want to give them what they don't deserve. Right. That's what grace is. You want to do that. Follow. This is how you respond when you are disappointed. Now, the fourth thing is very simple. It is to remain conscious of the goal of unity and restoration. Wow. So when you're disappointed and we, uh, we, we don't see eye to eye on something and I've let you down in a way, in an area. I could have responded a certain way. I could have not handled the situation a certain way. It could have been an unspoken expectation that I didn't get a chance to meet because I didn't know or whatever it is. Then it is now your responsibility to say, all right, what do I want? Do I want him to feel just as bad as I do? Do I want to get my lid back? Or do I want us to come together in unity and be restored in a relationship? You got to stay focused on that goal. You have to. Yeah. I think, in all honesty, we want all of them, right? We want all three. We want to get our leg back. We want them to feel it. And we want to stay together. But if we go back to number three, we follow the Redeemer. And we remember that the Word of God is the standard in my life. So it doesn't matter what I want at that point. No, it's, it's, what, it, it's, it's what God wants because that, that is the standard and that's what I live by. So it doesn't, no matter how bad I might want to get my leg back or I might want to see somebody pay or feel the way that I feel. Ultimately, I'm going to respond the way, the way God will respond. And that's going to be unity, to keep the unity together, to keep restoration because it's, it's truly, I'm just saying, it's not about you. It's, it's not about it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about when we come together as one, what happens. And then God gets the glory from that. So I, I'm not willing. I'm not willing to sacrifice the souls that will be saved um, with this union and with the ministries that we have. I'm not willing to sacrifice um, the heritage all, all of our kids, the legacy and everything that we have. I'm not willing to sacrifice that because of a disappointment. Not, not, not for a disappointment. Actually, what you cannot afford to do, you, you can't afford to become unconscious and, and so broken by the problem that you miss the goal of restoration and unity. That has to be your goal. I mean, I'm disappointed. I want to talk about it. I want to deal with it. I, we don't just throw away, um, we, we don't avoid confrontation in our relationship. Mm -hmm. No, we actually, we, we confront the problem 
we deal with it with the principles that we learned um, and proper relationship principles. And um, we confront, we deal with it. We deal with it. And we're disappointed sometimes with one another. But we can't, we can't afford to become unconscious because of or blinded by the problem. Right. And, and what, what we mean by that is only the opposite spirit can drive off or run off the wrong spirit. You can't get in the wrong spirit with the person that has the wrong spirit and run off the wrong spirit. No, no. It's not going to happen. What, that's, and that's what Satan wants. He, want, he wants to entice one person, get them, and then use that person to get the other person. Yeah. And it's a cycle mm -hmm. that builds. Because if, if I'm in the wrong attitude or if I'm in the wrong spirit, if I've done something to disappoint you, now he gets you to get into the wrong attitude and the wrong spirit and you do something and disappoint me. And we go back and forth getting our lick back, back and forth of disappointment and that spirit never leaves. And there'll be no, no restoration. Um, this weekend at the conference, uh, our worship leaders, Chris and Jen, they talked about how they 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 were married the first time and they just began to argue and they couldn't get along and they split up. And in the split up, they, they um, Chris talked about how the enemy used him and he was just living <coughs> um, any way he wanted to live. Yeah. He was rude to his wife, but she stayed believing what God had told her. And she was praying and she said, I don't even see it was time. She said she didn't see how they would ever get back together. Yeah. But she knew what God told her. So she kept believing. Even when he didn't believe, she kept believing. And then there was a time that he, when he said he was at work and he fell down on his knees and said, Lord, forgive me. I want to get my wife back. And at that point, she had, she had stopped believing for a while. Yeah. But then he was still believing. So if the both of you may not be believing at the same time, but when one person believed and when one person was in right standing, then God could still bring restoration to that marriage. Mm -hmm. So I want to say to you, it's somebody that's listening today that's saying, my husband or my wife, they are out and I don't see how mm -hmm. we'll ever get back together, but I believe in God for my marriage. Uh, to that person, I want to say you keep believing. It says don't get weary and well-doing. So remember who you are in Christ. Remember what God has called you to do. And you continue to walk in that calling. And you, you allow God to do the rest. You let God be God in that situation. And it doesn't, it may not happen in your time frame. It may not be, you may say, I don't understand it. Well, remember, we don't lean to our own understanding. But what you do understand is what God has called you to do. So do that. Yeah, and you have to make sure that you remain conscious. I want my family healthy. I want my marriage together. I want, and you stay focused in that. Because me shifting into the wrong spirit, it is only going to cause things to get worse. Me shifting into the wrong behavior, the wrong attitude, and saying, no, I got an attitude because you have. Which brings us to our next point. The, the last one, number five. These are points on how to respond when your spouse has disappointed you, the, the thing that I want to bring out is you have to respond the right way. Yeah. This is not one of those messages or, or subjects where we're talking about how to not disappoint your spouse. This is one saying that you're going to be disappointed at some point and you have to respond the right way. And the fifth thing is very simple. Number five is you, you have to be responsible for your own actions. Yeah. You got to be responsible for your own actions. You are responsible for your own action. 99% of marriage counseling, when we have 
uh, marriage counseling. We're sitting in our office. We have couples that come in. And when they come in, 99% of that counseling starts off with couples trying to justify their actions based on the actions of the other person. Right. I mean, for instance, the wife might say, or the husband might say, man, I was in the, in the living room and, and we were arguing and she threw the remote remote control at me. Well, I wouldn't have threw the remote control at you if you wouldn't have done this. And all of that goes on and on and on and on because you're trying to justify your actions based on the other person's action. Mm-hmm. I only did this because you did that. Well, I can't control your actions. I, I have to be responsible. When I am responding to disappointment in my relationship, I have to be responsible for my own actions, right. my own words, and my own thoughts. Right. I can't be responsible for your actions. That's right. I can't. That's right. And we have to be careful that we we don't not only try to justify it to who we're justifying it to, because a lot of times we, we will tend to call that person that's going to agree with us or talk to that person, girl, yeah, he did this. He did, I know you lying. And then we we get, we tend to seek out that support that yeah. we're feeding to um, and what happened. And, and that's wrong. That's, we, we shouldn't do that. That is wrong. That is wrong. Actually, a large portion of your frustrations can be resolved if you realize that you are not responsible for how others act and what they do. You can't control that. Mm-hmm. But you can control, what you can control is your response and your actions. So the way that I should respond, we're going to go over these five just again. The way that I should respond to disappointment in my relationship is, number one, that I don't go underground and withdraw from you. I do not withdraw from you when I'm disappointed. Actually, I should come to you. It should be the opposite. I should come to you and I should internalize everything on my own. I should come to you and say, hey, I was thinking about uh, when such and such happened. I was disappointed in that. Um, This is what I expected to happen. Um, I apologize if I if I put expectations upon you that I didn't convey to you or I didn't communicate with you, but I was disappointed by this. This is proper relationship. Now, when we're counseling people, sometimes they hear this stuff and they be like, man, ain't nobody finna do that. That's the old principle stuck in you that you don't want to let go, that you don't want to get rid of. Yeah. Well, well, if anybody's not going to do it, everybody should do it. It's the right relationship principles. Yeah, you can keep doing what you've been doing. You can keep getting the results you've been getting. But <laughs> yeah. you know, do you want it or not? That's uh, just how it goes. You can keep doing what you've been doing, and you can keep getting the results you've been getting. Yeah. Or you can make the change. Yeah. And that is, don't go on the ground and withdraw. The second thing is, don't establish a spirit of fear and dominance. I'm not going to make you pay for something that you, you did wrong. I'm not gonna, we we, we got to get rid of all eggshells mm-hmm. in the house. You cannot have your spouse walking on eggshells. You cannot. The third thing is, you have to follow the steps of the Redeemer. You have to sacrifice. When your spouse has disappointed you, you have to sacrifice and you have to give to them. At that moment, you have to you have to extend the law of grace. Let this be the rules you live by. Yes. That I don't want to see you get what you deserve. I want to give you what you don't deserve. Right. I want to give you the best. And then the fourth thing is you have to remain conscious of, of the goal of unity and restoration. Don't get blinded by what happened and how hurt you are that you lose sight of the fact that I want us to come on the same page right now. I want us to operate on the same page. Right. And then the last one is you have to be responsible for your own actions. Yeah. You have to be responsible for what you can do in this situation right now. And I'm telling you, these five different things 
if you would just begin to apply them and say, I'm going to respond to disappointment, it's going to come. Disappointment is going to happen at some point in your relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you've been married 30 years. At some point, you're going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. And this is the proper way, the right way to respond to disappointment. Yes. Yes. You got anything closing, Doc, you want to say? I just want to say um, that if you follow these steps, we're not saying that disappointment, disappointment will disappear. But what we are saying is that you will begin to see a harmony in a flow in your relationship. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. You have to be vulnerable with your spouse. That's, that's the design for marriage. And hopefully you marry someone that you can trust with their vulnerability that will be responsible with your heart and with your feelings. Amen. Amen. Well, we thank you for tuning in today. Um, you know how we normally close out. This is this has been a blessed message for me. I, I really, I really love these principles. If you are at the Culture Ship Relationship Conference, then you know this. We need tools to go in our toolbox. Yes. This is another set of tools to go in your toolbox on how to deal with disappointment. You might want to jot this stuff down on a notebook, on a paper, put it somewhere where you can find it, where you can see it, and you can go back to it when you're disappointed with something that is taking place in your relationship, and you can respond the right way. You can respond the right way. So let's shout out everybody that tuned in today. First, I would like to shout out Homer Charles. Homer Nails Charles, we thank you so much for tuning in, brother. You are a blessing, and we thank God for you. Amen. Amen. Um, Amen. Let me get back up there. I got to go, too. Samuel Pierre, thank you for tuning in, Dr. Pierre. Where you at? Amen. Good to God. You skip, skip Lewis Nelson. Oh. Lewis Nelson. I got you, Deke. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Dr. Lewis Nelson, we thank you and your wife for blessing us at the conference. You guys did an awesome oh, job. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God, and we thank God for you. Bless you. Amen. Um... Queen Mary Jenkins, thank you for tuning in. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for tuning in. Amen. Andre Morrison, pastor, I thank you for tuning in. He says, God bless you, Bishop and First Lady. Amen. God bless bless you, you as well, Pastor. Amen. Glory to God. Dominique Day, thank you for tuning in, Dominique. Dominique Day. Amen. Glory to God. I ain't got Dominique Day, but I have Madarius Daniels. Thank you so much, Madarius. Bless you, brother. We thank God for you. Amen. Danielle Duncan. Good morning, Danielle. Thank you for tuning in. All right. You got a whole different list than what I have. Uh, uh, Annette Hoskins. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Thank you so much. Amen. Lori Lewis. That's wife talk. Lori Lewis. Thank you for tuning in, ma'am. Thank you. Amen. For, uh, for all that you do. Amen. Did we shout out Abel Day yet? Um, Albert Day. Amen. Glory to God. Brother, I thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Amen. May this word bless you and help you and become more tools in your toolbox. Veronica Malonson. Thank you for tuning in, Veronica. Veronica Malonson. Let's see. Uh, Pastor Arthur Dickerson. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Glory to God. I thought he said something on here. Deacon Lewis Nelson said, Angela, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Ah, that's good. I will never leave you nor forsake He also said no end of vows. You're right. Amen. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will always physically be here and I will always emotionally be here. Amen. That's Angela, thank you for tuning in. Angela Nelson tuned in today. Thank Amen. Manasha Beckwith, thank you for tuning in. Amen. Bless God for you. Amen. Amen. Clint Gordon. All right, Dr. Gordon, all the way from Monroe, Louisiana. From Monroe, Louisiana. Thanks for tuning in. Amen. Uh, Lewis Nelson said, man, that's good. Can't get in the wrong spirit to drive out the wrong spirit. Amen. That is good. Amen. 
Amen. I, I know. I, I know you see. Lakeitha Lawson, thank you for tuning in. Lakeitha Lawson, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm trying to save one for you. I know you want. To, I'm go Felicia F. Davis. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Amen. Oh, it's my friend Amanda D. Tyler. Hey I was there. trying. To, I was trying. I was trying to save it for you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Glory to God. Thanks for tuning in, First Lady. Amen. She said, enjoy it. Glad to have you all back. Well, we're glad to be back. To be we back. had to take a break for a moment, go on a sabbatical for a moment to prepare for the conference, but we're back. We're back. We're back. And again, get ready. Surrounding areas. We started this thing off. We kicked off the tours in Baton Rouge. It was awesome. It was amazing. And we can't wait to bring it to your area so that you can share that experience. So get ready, get prepared. We will be announcing the dates and the time so that you can put it on your calendar and, and just experience um, a wonderful event. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we thank God for you. We pray that this blesses you. Share the video. Share the video. Share, the video. share like, like, comment. Share, like, comment. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We're going to pray for you right now. We're going to pray for individuals that um, may have felt like you want to start back to prayer uh, on a return. I think it's your turn. You think it's my turn. Okay. Uh, we want to pray for individuals and in, 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 in relationships that are disappointed because of something that has happened, something that has transpired, whether it's small or large, you're experiencing disappointment in your relationship right now. We're going to pray that your heart is softened for you to for you to, to walk in these principles, for you to apply these principles, for you to give them a try. The word of God says something, um, um, try me now herewith, says the Lord, is what the Lord says. Now give it a, test me out. If you don't, let, let me prove now what I can do. And that's what God wants you to do with these principles. Give it a try. Give it a try. Try it out so that it can work for you. And we're going to pray right quick. We're going we're to pray quickly. Let's pray. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus for this opportunity, Lord God. For the, we thank you for this opportunity. We pray for the individuals, Lord God, that are in need of healing, Lord God, in their relationship. And Lord God, that they need to know how to respond to disappointment. Father, we know that disappointment is like offenses. You said that it's impossible that offenses must come. They are going to come, but disappointments are going to come, Lord God. But Father, we pray for the right way to respond, that we apply these principles. When our flesh tries to rise, when our soul tries to get entangled, Lord God, we pray that we have moments of clarity, Lord God, to go back to these five different points and we respond. Father, we repent of withdrawing ourselves from our spouse if we've been disappointed. We also repent, Lord God, of creating an atmosphere of fear, making them pay for it, Lord God, expecting them to get what they deserve and not extending grace, Lord God, and not trying to be, trying to be responsible for their action and not our own. We repent of all these things. We turn from them, Lord God. We return to the proper order of relationship and we apply these, these principles. I pray that their relationships are better because of it, their marriages are better because of it, their minds are better because of it, and their families benefit from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Amen. See you next Tuesday. Amen. Same time. Tuesday. Tuesday. CTT. Remember, like, share. Like and share. Amen.